John chapter 6, verses 35 through 37. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. This week in chapel, we continued on the story that we started last week where the people were seeking Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000, and they were coming to him seeking food that perishes. And Jesus had given them this warning, do not work for food that perishes, but work for food that endures to eternal life. And he had given them this warning because they were seeking Jesus so that they could have these temporary needs met and they were thinking too small. The question I have for the students today that I wanted us to think through from this passage is, well, why is it that some people seek for the food that perishes and some people actually respond to Jesus in faith? Because Jesus mentions in John chapter 6 several times that they do not believe. There are many who do not believe. In fact, if you read on in the story, there are disciples that will walk away after what Jesus says here. So what is the difference? Why do some believe and some not believe? Is that difference found in us? Is that difference found in someone that's wiser or more humble or or more desperate maybe? And can we point to them and say this is why they believe and why others refuse? Well, there's two big aspects when it comes to receiving Jesus Christ. Uh, The first thing we see in the response to the gospel is human responsibility in salvation. So we do see that there is a a clear responsibility even in the passage we reread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And then he says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Right? This is what you must do to be saved. You must come to Christ and you must believe in Christ. And these are things you're required to do. It's 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 human responsibility to do these things when they hear the gospel message. But it's not merely instruction, it's also an invitation. You can come to Christ and you can believe in Christ. You can be saved. In Matthew 11:28, Jesus says, "Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." And I mentioned this is not supposed to be complicated and it's not complicated if you, you you come to jesus and put your faith in jesus you're saved right that that's what salvation looks like on the human responsibility side you must put your faith in jesus but not everyone believes in fact there are those in the crowd seeking jesus that did not believe and they refused to follow jesus if you remember verse 36 jesus said but i said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe But why is that? And this is where we get to the other side of salvation. This is the divine sovereignty side of salvation. Who is it that comes to Jesus to be saved? Well, verse 37 spells this out for us. It says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So we have this group that the Father gives, which is a group that the Father gives to Jesus, and whoever he gives to Jesus, they will come to him. It's the same group. And whoever comes to him, Jesus will never cast out. Again, not a single person is lost through the beginning of this verse to the end of this verse. Okay, and there are similar statements made in, in verse 44. Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that last day. Again, no one comes unless the Father draws. And what happens to those people that the Father draws? 
Well, well, there will be raised up on the last day. So again, it's a perfect, perfect connection between the beginning of the verse and the end of the verse. The Father's not drawing everybody and only some of them respond. It's everyone the Father draws will be raised up on the last day. And then he even goes on to explain unbelief at the end of this passage like this, verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, verse 65, and he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. So there's this clear connection, right? The, the, the ones that the Father gives, the ones that the Father draws, the one that the uh, Father grants, all these words are used in Scripture, those are the ones who come to Jesus Christ. And this is God's work in salvation. And what I told the students is you can't do your work, what you're responsible for in salvation, unless God does a work that he's responsible for in your heart. And, and these things are brought side by side in this passage. Your responsibility to respond, God's work in salvation. And, and briefly, I, I shared with the students for reasons why this matters, and we'll go through these very quick. But number one, uh, the call to salvation is for everyone. Everyone has this call to come to Jesus and be saved. Whoever comes will be saved. And number two, we see that this, this shows us that salvation is by God's grace and for his glory alone. Okay, If you do respond to that call, you need to recognize that's because God was gracious to you. And if it wasn't for God's grace in your heart and your mind, you would be just as lost as anybody else. So there's no room for boasting in even your response to the gospel. So here's some questions to help you think through these things with your kids. For younger students, most importantly, just ask them, have they believed the gospel? Do they believe it? And then ask, can someone believe that message? Can they do their work in salvation before God does his work? in salvation and then for older students push them a little farther and just say that have they considered putting off a response to the gospel is a response to the gospel that it is rejection of the gospel to say that i'll respond to god later and that they're going to be held accountable to that it's part of their responsibility um, as they hear the the message of the gospel and then also can they explain how god's sovereignty in salvation is actually an act of grace. Why is this gracious of God and for his glory to be sovereign in salvation? And so uh, we thank you. We thank the Lord for the opportunity to, to connect in this way. And I look forward to meeting back with you again next week at Chapel Shorts.